This week on Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. May, May, they can choose not to gain one name. Okay. <laughs> Are you serious right now? <laughs> welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. I'm David, and as always, I'm joined by Mike and Kyle. Say hello, guys. Hey. What's going on? So on this episode, uh, we have some big news. We've got the Rebel Specialist and Imperial Specialist now fully spoiled. And uh, we're just going to dive right in because there's some really cool cards in both of these packs. Uh, We'll start, I think, with the Rebel Specialist pack. Um, Let's see, Kyle, since you play Rebel, what do you want to tell us about the... Um, what's found in this Rebel Specialist pack. Um, yeah, first I just want to qualify that the Imperial Specialist, we didn't get an actual preview article yet from uh, FFG. It was an unboxing video posted, I guess, by someone that um, got their stuff early. So um, that's what we're going off of. Yeah, uh, we should. Gonna... We really should qualify that. <laughs> um, which we just did. So, which Go we on, just please. Did. All right, so Rebel <laughs> Specialists. <laughs> So the one that we had seen before was uh, Sabotage Comms, which is, um, you know, your opponent issues one less order than they would otherwise. Um, it seems okay. It's it's a one pip and you can only issue an order to a uh, operative or spec ops. I guess if you're using Chewy, uh, it could be pretty good. I think, you know, usually when you're playing a one pip, your opponent is often also playing a one pip because it's pretty clear that you know, like the whole point of playing a one pip generally is to seize initiative, and usually when that happens, both players need it. So, um, I could see this text ability being wasted quite a bit, but I don't know. What do you guys think of it? Uh, I think it's fine. You know, um, it's not anything great. I think that it is a a fine play if you're playing the rebel officer, and that's it. You know, or or like. The rebel officer and Chewy, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly you're not replacing coordinated bombardment, Son of Skywalker, or sorry about the mess. So, yeah, uh, and, and I can't see replacing um, what's the new Chewy Luke card called? Uh, common cause. Common cause. Like you're not like that card is so much better than this card. I, you know, th- the only way I can see this is that if you've you're playing ambush. And you you don't have another one pip available because you're either playing the officer, um, or you're you're playing Chewy without Luke, I guess. I mean, I, actually, the one context I could see this is in a Han Chewy barbecue list because you're not taking Chewy's one pip, right? That's what I mean. Um, yeah, and your your important units, the RTs, are uplinked anyway, so um, I could actually see it in that context. Is it better than ambush? Yeah, uh, maybe not. I mean, maybe the ambush flexibility. Like, if you really need to give an order to Han, obviously you can't do it with uh, sabotage communication. So, yeah. yeah, it's pretty restrictive in that way that you can only give it to um operative or special forces, and then neither of those um neither of those units can take the one of the new upgrades we're going to talk about a little little bit. Uh, the com relay upgrade. I mean, to pass that token to something more useful. I think this at least. Well, no, some special forces can do that. Can. But then again, like, yeah. But then again, you know, aren't you going to want to order that special forces anyway? And totally. Let's make a let's make a premium unit even more premium by putting a five point com relay on it. <laughs> like, 
that doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, just at first at first blush doesn't seem very good to me. But I guess the best place to use this card, I mean, there are some there is an upside where we're going to take away an order token from something, and I think the best place uh, for that is going to be against you know Imperial Discipline, you know, one less recovery, uh, evasive maneuvers, one less dodge token, like f- like playing it against cards that actually grant benefits per token issued. Like no time for sorrows, um, you know that's where it's going to be the most effective. But if I just, I, I'll just say I agree with you guys. If you look at the broader landscape, there are just so many better things you could take that are, you know, you get to keep all the effects. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to risk anything. So I will say that there is one time I think that I, at least that I can think of right now where this card is objectively better than ambush, and that is in a solo Luke list when Luke has battle meditation. It just, it's strictly better than ambush. Yeah, I could, I could see that, but I, I don't know if that's you know, worth it. That, well, especially cause nobody plays solo Luke. Right, right. That's the thing. But if you were going to play a solo Luke list and you, you, you had the 10 points for battle meditation, this is a pretty clear upgrade over ambush. Well, I shouldn't yeah. say no one plays. No one plays it. I mean, I know we have a competitive focus, but if you think about times, the, the times where I see solo Luke the most is during the operations. So if you're ever in like an operations-based tournament, like maybe that's the place you'd see it. I mean, so let's talk about that for a second, though. Does this make battle meditation playable? Is that effect worth mm-hmm. ten points? It might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly better than long-range comlink, although it does take a force slot to use, and so that's pretty expensive. But how how often do you slap two force force uh, abilities on loop nowadays? Not often, right? Unless you're taking both push and reflexes, but even then. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it could make Batman more playable. Yeah, kind of agree with that. All right, you guys want to talk about turning the tide? Because I actually like this one. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Um, so, go ahead. Sorry. No, after you. I did oh, no, I was just going to say, so uh, turning the tide, I believe, is two supports or heavy supports. And it gives each one of these supports or heavy supports Inspire 2, which is pretty nice. Um, like if you brought Leia and an officer and a couple of our ATRTs, Suddenly, you've got a round where you you have like seven points of inspire, um, so it's really really good. And you know, inspire is never bad. I think. Yeah, and actually, I really love this. In going back to the Han barbecue list, I actually think the specialist pack does a lot for that list in general. Which you know, we'll go to Astromex too. But um, I think this is a straight upgrade over push, just because you want to be giving orders to your RTs anyway, um, and that list lacks inspire, so. You know, if you have a turn where you anticipate being suppressed, um, you've you've got three RTs on the table, so that's Inspire six, and that's that's a list that lacks it natively, and it's also one where you want to be giving orders to your RTs. So, um, I think that's a very natural use of this card. It's also really good for taking suppressions off of Han. I'm thinking about it now, and like you say, it lacks Inspire. Like Han's like the primary place because maybe he's suffering from reckless diversion fatigue after having eaten so many shots. Yeah, I find that I usually, um, you know, if you get a good diversion off, uh, it's not uncommon to have like four or five suppressions stacked on Han at the beginning of the next turn. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've had my Han panic after a reckless diversion turn for lack of Inspire when I don't take something like Leia <laughs> next to him. It's it's actually fairly reliable, 
that he panics. Uh, I'm not super familiar with my commander panicking, so can't say I can really. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Infinite Courage. Yeah. Over there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how good this card actually is. I will say that of all of the command cards that we've seen lately, this one just um, is just the most flavorful and thematic in my eyes. It's It's like, you know... The rebels are like fighting in the trenches and two airspeeders just like come over the top. Like that's like this card like hits it on the nose, like what that should feel like. Um and it's I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. like seeing an ATST get blown up is super inspiring. For my rebel heart. <laughs> Maybe not for you, Imperials. But... I mean I just like I don't know. Like I'm I'm like picturing what they were trying to to paint with this card and i just think it was really well done regardless of how good it is you know yeah it's, oh, it's I mean, striking as, sorry it strikes me as like that moment in rogue one when they're on the beach you know and they're getting like pinned down by that atat and then suddenly all the x-wings like roll in and take out the atat and they're like yeah yeah that's like that's literally what this is and it just it, it feels yeah. like they really hit that on the nose you know um, yep. which i think is fantastic i i don't think every card needs to be super good or playable but i do think that if it's not super good or playable, it needs to feel right. And this card checks at least one of those boxes. So I, I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, if I had to put it on a scale of one to 10, I mean, it's a nine out of 10 for me because it's super thematic and it's really good. And that's always like the sweet spot when you've got, for me anyway, when you've got the combination of theme plus very usable and actually quite powerful. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if you rebels actually ever get like a good vehicle, um, this could be bonkers. <laughs> I'm I'm reserving judgment on the land speeder. I really am. Okay, all right. I'm yeah. trying my best. I think I think it has its uses, but I'm... if people are trying to compare it to an ATSD or a occupier side by side, they will be disappointed because they've they've set themselves up for failure. I'm actually of the opinion that the ATRT is currently the most viable vehicle in the game, um, so I don't I don't mind this at all. Yeah, I mean I I think that's probably true until the tanks come out. Well, yeah, and then they just get scrapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then they might just get blown away in like two turns. Um, yeah, and and if the ATST ever becomes viable, I think all of a sudden your ATRTs look a lot worse. But all that aside, yeah, I agree with you. The ATRT is it's definitely the best vehicle currently viable i think um unless speeder bikes make a comeback but that doesn't look like that's really gonna happen um all right so the three pip this is another good one um not as good as the imperial one which we'll get to but <laughs> oh gosh uh yeah <laughs> but, uh, um we'll uh uh so this gives you free dodge tokens, basically, whenever a core unit attacks. So that's up to six free dodge tokens on your turn, assuming you have six core units. Six? That's a lot of free stuff. I gotta say, <laughs> that is a lot of I know, free right? tokens. <laughs> six free, free tokens? tokens. Uh, wow! Oh my. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not 40, but... All right. It's pretty good. I mean, when you have when you have characters that have nimble, it's not exactly six, is it? Like you get you get to spawn like new copies because every time you spend it, you get it back. So if you get right. them on and, and do it early, right, it gets some some uh, uh, replayability is not the word. Like a reproducibility, I guess is the word. 
go forth like and reproduce dodge tokens. My exactly. My experience shooting rebel troopers in heavy cover with dodge tokens is that you just shoot the ones that don't have dodge tokens. Yeah, that's the trouble with it, right? Like you're not going to get all of them out at once. Like you have to actually there's it has to spend some time spinning up to actually get the full effect. Yeah, unless this is... you've activated Leia first with say a com relay or something like that. Yeah, this is kind of a good time to talk about sort of a core difference between aim tokens and dodge tokens, which is, you know, a dodge token is only useful if either that unit gets shot uh, or uh, your opponent shoots a more valuable, or sorry, a less valuable unit instead of shooting a unit with a dodge token. My, whereas, whereas an aim token yeah. is always valuable. Uh, my, right? yes, I, I you well, get it's to, not always you get to spend valuable. It. Well, it's you get to spend it when you want to spend it. Totally, I, like you control the timing of your aim token. Right. Usage. I will. S- it's also limited by whether you want to shoot something or not with the get with any given unit. Like whether double moving is somehow better. Yeah. So I think that the way you have to look at a dodge token is, yeah, it saves you a hit point or whatever. But it's it's really more of a deterrent overall, um, in that it focuses it takes a focus off a specific unit. Um, at least in my eyes, that that's kind of how I see them. It, it unless everything has a dodge token, and then it's just hard cover plus one, right? Um, yeah, and that's why I say if it forces them to shoot a less valuable unit, then you got some use out of it. Yeah, but like if you have two, two rebels e sixes next to each other, and one of them has a dodge token, and one of them doesn't, and your opponent shoots the one that doesn't, then that dodge token hasn't done anything because those are both equally valuable targets. Yeah, but you can feed like multiple dodges to Luke. It doesn't have to be the same like the same target all the time. Like if Luke is out there and you know Luke's going to be taking some heat, you can like bait people into shooting your valuable unit and just continue stacking dodges on him. I don't know, man. With this covering fire thing. I think you think I I barely ever shoot Luke with a dodge with one dodge token, let alone one plus. I I don't know. I don't I think that that's overkill. Yeah, it could I, be. I mean, you only want to do it when you've spent it already. I mean, sure, 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 sure. Like you never go more than one for Luke, really. Um, yeah, one is usually one is usually enough on Luke. I I do think that said, it's it's a free way to get it. Yeah, th- there's a lot of value. I I think in, um, like <laughs> let's say it's range one to two, right? Yeah. Okay. So can you can you imagine that it, this seems really good to me? So you infiltrate some rebel pathfinders on the middle box and recover the supplies and you just like dish out dodge tokens to them on turn turn 1 as they like run backwards. You you give them uplink or something and you activate them first. They run back with the box and all of a sudden you've got six rebel trooper units that like run up shoot something and um Essentially, just hand six dodge tokens to your Pathfinder squad. Thoughts? I mean, it is a pretty cool tactic until your opponent rolls two crits off a sniper. Sure. And then kind of just laughs at you. Sure. I mean, well, you don't even need the crits with a sniper because snipers are. Yeah, you don't need the crits because the snipers (laughs) just freeze the dodge tokens anyway, which is another thing we can talk about with dodges. There are lots of situations where people just ignore them. (laughs) Like, they're just like, oh, you have a dodge token? Oh, that's cute. High velocity. Oh, that's cute. I have surge crit. You know, or that's cute. I'm in melee with you. You know, maybe you get one hit off me, but it still doesn't, you know, stack with a thing that makes it truly good, which is negating hits at range. I still think this is a really good card. And I think, at least for me, it's probably replacing um, Save Our Skins in my Luke Leia list. 
pro- I say probably. I'm not 100% sold on that. Um, after the preview on Friday, I proxied it uh, in a game with Mike actually over the weekend. Um, and just because of when I ended up using it, it didn't end up being super useful, but I could easily see how it could be. Um, you can also pair this with another upgrade in this pack, which is somewhat useful specifically for this card and also coordinated fire, which we'll get to, which is comms relay. Um, so that's the um, comms upgrade that allows you to, when a unit receives an order, you can pass it to another unit. Now, since covering fire is three core units, that's a pretty significant um, drawback of the card because that's effectively like not giving out any orders at all since you don't typically want to be giving orders to core units for activation purposes. But if you have comms relay, you can you can pass one of those orders to Luke or whoever else you feel like needs to have it. And uh, it sort of mitigates that per- drawback of this card a little bit. So I appreciate, I guess, like the comms relay shenanigans with this card. I I think battle meditation is just strictly better. Um, I, I don't see a ton of reason specifically to take... Um, to take comms relay with this card. I don't think it's that functionally different. I, I think it's incredibly functionally different with coordinated fire, and we can get to that. But uh, can we just remind people what the text of battle med is? Because I actually realizing I don't remember because I haven't used that upgrade in so yeah, long. Yeah, let me pull it up. And here I am, a rebel player, don't even remember what it like. The last people to use Batman were people trying to game Palpatine. Yeah, for sure. So uh, battle meditation reads: when you issue orders, one of those orders can be issued to any friendly unit on the battlefield. Um, okay, so when when you issue orders, does that mean Luke has to issue the order? Yes. So then Luke is not issuing that order. Well, he is because it's three core units. No, no, no. He's those are the units that are receiving oh, it, right. So yeah. it's it's oh, okay. taking away the range restriction on one unit. It's also taking away the the core restriction on one unit. Oh, okay, so Luke just has to be your nominated commander. That's exactly, all. and since it's a and since it's okay. a vanilla card, he can always be your nominated commander. Um, and right. chances are you've got two core units in range of, of Luke, I would imagine. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just like comms relay is what, uh, 13 points for Four, 14 because you have to take the tech or it's five. If you already have comms upgrade on your unit. Okay. So, so it's cheaper. That's one, one idea. Yeah, I mean like with comms relay, you get an extra rebel trooper, but I think battle meditation is, like if you're looking for that specific effect in this list, I think battle meditation meditation just does it better. There's a lot more flexibility in it, at least because if you've got if you've got Leia, and then you have a comms relay, it's possible Luke is on the other side of the table and still is not close enough. Right. The only other restriction though is that comms relay can go back and forth between the two of them. Totally. And Batmed is only one direction. Yeah. That's the only thing I'd say. I don't know. Um, what do you think, Kyle? Do you have any more thoughts on this uh, this situation with comms relay? Yeah, I, I agree with Mike that if you're if you're just specifically looking for the coordinated fire interaction, it's better to do battle matter, even just um, sort of trying to muddle through with improvised orders. But I often personally find that when I'm playing Luke and Leia, they're like right at each other's maximum command range, and it's you know, you're kind of stretching the limit of them being able to give each other orders. So, like, just for my play style, personally, it would be 
you know, there there would were, uh, there are a lot of games where I feel like it would be helpful to have that comms relay kind of in the middle of them and extend that range just a little bit so they can threaten two further parts of the battlefield and still issue. Yeah, I have that same other. issue. Um, no, I agree. You don't, you don't uh, think that unit is just going to get focused first? Uh, I mean, I think you probably want to put it. You would drop a Z6 and put it essentially on a naked squad, so it's a less valuable target. And then if they're if they're focusing your five non Z6 rebel troopers, that's still okay for you because it's going to take a while to burn them down to that comms relay. Mm. And there's no line of sight requirement, so you can put them. You know, if you can find a line of sight blocker that's roughly in between your two groups of units. I don't love uh, that. That that's like turning an effective sixty-two point squad into a do nothing fifty-point squad. Yeah, yeah I don't like it on a Z six at all for the same reason. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. But th- if I were to take it over Battle Mode, that would be the reason. Sure. Uh, I, I think I'm still taking improvised orders regardless, just because. Like I use it every single turn. <laughs> yeah, it's um, so good. It's, it's a really it's, good card. It's so good. So right now, my current approach, I think, is probably still gonna just be in to try and you know grab covering fire and muddle through with improvised orders and hope that you can throw a look back when you need to throw a look back. Um, but I guess we'll see. Uh, this this for rebels, this would be I think the one primary use of comms relay. Sure. I mean, I think I think comms relay works. Comes really works with any of these cards we've talked about, frankly. Yeah, I mean, if you think of it, like relay is just is just extending your order range to a range five bubble. If you just draw a straight line from Luke to the comms relay unit to the well, unit receiving the target that, order, that's not exactly what I meant. I mean, like all of the units that are eligible targets for these cards, I think, with the exception of operatives, um, have comm slots. Yes, yes. So so you can you can kind of bypass the core unit restriction or whatever. Like if you've got ATRTs and Oh that's right. You can put a and, relay on an RT. Right. So if you've got two ATRTs and you play whatever that card was called, um <laughs> I d I don't remember it off the top of my turning the tide. If you play turning the, turning tide, the tide, you can yeah. just it's no longer two support or two heavy units. It's two of anything within range two of a support or heavy unit. Right? Um which is interesting. It, I mean, for five points, that's if you're playing these generic cards, that's not bad. Yeah, I think it's actually nice that it it seems to come in the pack that it's also happens to be most useful for. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, because I, I mean, you're not gonna comms relay like any, anything in the other packs. Like you generally want that order on the commander that is giving the order. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. Yeah. And plus, like, shifting the unit type that's receiving the order doesn't eliminate the effect because it doesn't require the face-up order token. Right. It just says units of this type gain, and that's the best part of all the cards. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that, I don't know, um, taking away the order type restriction, I think, is way bigger than the range restriction. Uh, as far as like the things that comms relay breaks right like the range the range the extra range is nice no doubt but making it so that this command card says two vanilla units within range two is is way more powerful than i think getting out to range five that seems really corner case to me 
Yeah, I mean, I'm specifically thinking of disarray or some sort of spread out situation where you've got Luke and Leia engaging on opposite ends of the field. But, you know, it rarely happens. They're they're better together. Most rebel units are better together. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It's like a a faction based on synergy has to be near each other to synergize. It's it's like they gave you guys a keyword called teamwork. Yeah, gosh. All right. It's it's worth noting real quick with comms relay. It's not entirely clear how it works as far as being able to use it multiple times. Um, the the wording on an, the entire legion ruling in the in the forums um, says something to the effect of orders are issued one at a time, and this comms relay says when you would be issued an order, pass it to another unit. So it seems like at least based on that entire legion ruling. Um, you can use this multiple times. In other words, like for covering fire, you could give it to Luke, Leia, and somebody, you know, a Wookiee with one comms relay. Mm, that I mean, for five right, points, that's the orders amazing. are issued it, because it, the orders are issued sequentially, right? Well, the, yeah, that's what the entire Legion forum ruling says, um, or rather, the entire Legion slash BattleNet forum ruling says. Um, but we'll we'll see if that's you know like the intended intended use of this card. Um, if that's if that's true though, if that holds up, that's I think that's a no-brainer over Battlemed in that uh, Rebel conundrum. That's true. So until an FAQ comes out, just go for it. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, let's, let's be honest here. <laughs> like, um, we got to get something compared to what's coming down the pike. I think right. for oh, somebody, somebody ping Luke Getty in Discord right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure, um, I'm sure he's okay. got an answer for that. So, do you guys want to talk about medical droids and astromechs and the officers, or Let, let's should we do command cards first? And then well, we know their back? points costs. Now. Let's let's do right. the command cards first because I think we can talk about like the the like specialists and stuff are are all very similar. Like, I don't think we need to talk about them in like a purely rebel or purely imperial sense. Um, they all do very similar things. Yep. All right. Should we do the Imperial Command cards then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so uh, we've got uh what's the let me let me reboot my tabletop simulator here so that it's showing me the uh spoiled Imperial Command cards. And they're not in here. Oh, oh no. Yeah, they're not in here. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna have to go to Kravik's thing. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I got it. somebody posted them on Facebook. So we've got, okay. so we've got the first one that we've had for forever, right? It's and these all mirror the rebel ones. So the first one's covert observation, one special forces or operative unit, imperial only. Look it up to two random command cards from an opponent's hand. This card, it, right now, is trash. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, yeah, the only place I can see it being useful is if you are. Playing against a rebel player with multiple heroes. So Han, Leia, Chewie. And I mean, I guess it's kind of strictly speaking, right? You never know how many neutrals someone took. And so, you know, I've been surprised when someone has ambush instead of whipcord, for example, if I'm playing Empire versus Empire, but, but, which rarely happens, but it does totally. happen. Um, so I would be way higher on this card if this said, look at your opponent's hand of command cards but you're not even 
like if that's the effect that you're going for with this card, you're not even guaranteed to hit. Right, because it, it's random. You could easily pull like, you know, if you're facing. Yeah, I mean, you could very easily pull like the two most predictable cards in in the hand. Yeah, standing orders and son of Skywalker. Yeah, it's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah right. Oh, you're playing Darth Vader. You got Master of Evil and and Implacable in your deck. <laughs> Couldn't have guessed that. Like you know, I, I don't right. know. Um, yeah, it seems pretty garbage. It just. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, David. Like in that, you know, when we when I feel like rebels feel like kind of more of like uh super friends lists in that they might be running like three or four heroes. Um and, and once once we get into that territory, I think that this card could get a lot better. Um but like even if you're taking Han, Leia, and Chewie, I feel pretty confident we know what cards you're gonna take. Like, yeah. It's like also has to do with the writing of the card. So like they wanted to do this effect but they couldn't make it so powerful that it destroyed the hidden information aspect of the command hand. There's just, and so they had to they had to make it so that it could fail. But the thing is, if this card fails, it fails incredibly hard. Like, it's a complete waste. So that's what makes it what makes it crap. Like, it's a great, it's a well intended mechanic, but it just, in order to make it not ridiculous, they had to make it crap. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like you know what I'm talking mean? about with Ion, you know, where either it's too good or it's bad. I mean, yeah. I can see this in a solo commander list where you're running snipers and you give them comms relay. Maybe it's it's maybe, but I don't know. It's just like it's not even an effect that interests me. I'd rather have ambush, I think. But yeah, it, yeah, agreed. Um, now let's get into the interesting stuff, the stuff that we didn't know about before today. Uh, Pinned down, two pip, two support or heavy units, Imperial only. After a friendly support or heavy unit performs an attack against a unit with a face-up order token, shuffle that token back into its order pool. Seems okay. Uh, Yeah, I think I mentioned that, like, hey, we never saw anything, like, in Armada where, uh, you know, the Star Destroyer, the giant ship could attack twice and that would justify its points. Well, guess what? <laughs> Now the giant vehicle has the potential no, to attack not what, twice and justify its points. Says. No, 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 no. It's it's really? it's kicking the token that's face up on the unit it's attacking back to the. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Because they're, oh, they're pinned okay. down. Yeah, Jay, you can scrub that. <laughs> no, 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 we can keep that. In. We can uh, keep that. Everything. Okay, fine. keep that in. Keep right? that in. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm I'm fallible. I've made mistakes. Sorry. Um, that that was that so okay. Weird. So it's not even it's not even remotely as good as I thought. That it would was be then. that would be it's also that would be pretty great. good. Um, that would have I thought it was about ridiculous. It is that when you want this effect, it I feel like there, there's two times you want this effect generally when they're playing their one pip, <laughs> or they're playing reckless diversion. I think this is f- great against reckless diversion. Seems fantastic. It does not seem great against all of the one pips that you're trying to that, that you would like to kick back. Like those are the effects that are crazy good. Well, yeah, it's perfect for RD, right? Because you're you're kicking the no, fate, the thing that makes RD. I'm work. thinking about it though. It's a, it's actually this could be good against Master of Evil and Return of the Jedi. 
Yeah, because you're taking away activation control for your most important, your opponent's most important. Yeah, unit. like like shoot Luker Vader, kick the token back to their hands so that you they at least don't know when the suppression is going to come off or get put down. That's not terrible. Um, I think. Yeah, I think. I think if you're running like a Veer's Weissless, this is just a straight upgrade over push. Uh, well, I, I guess yeah. you might want to relay in that case, though, because you want to be handing out aims early with Veer's. Yeah, I, so I guess my biggest problem with this card is that it says two support or heavy units on it. The amount of times that I have two support or heavy units in my list nowadays is not high. What, you mean you don't take three E-webs? No. <laughs> With barrage generators? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but again, like... Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe that's okay. Maybe maybe two E-webs for well, this card is good enough? Well, I think I think the relay, would it fixes it. If, it was, if you're only taking one vehicle, relay definitely fixes it. Yeah, and if you're running Veer's Weiss ATST, you want that relay anyway for uh, <laughs> for coordinated fire. Well, I guess you would need two relays because the two and the three pip are two separate types of units. Well, no. Hey, what about this in speeder bikes? Does that do anything? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, th I definitely feel like as far as Imperials go, this is at its best on speeder bikes. Um. Yeah, because they're. Yeah, I mean, you kind of wanted them to attack first anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, kind, kind of. of. It, it depends on where you are, but like, if if this is like turn two or three, you're you're probably in a place where they're they need to go first. So I think that's fine. Um, it it also could potentially be good. I think you're right on a Weiss ATST. I just in a Weiss ATST list, I don't know. You gen you generally don't have a second support or heavy unit. That's why I have the relay. It's on the it's on the card art. You have to use it on the card right. art, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, like the mortar gives you pretty much you with a Weiss ATST, you can hit anything on the board as long as you've got line of sight, which it makes it flexible. Yeah, I, I think between the two, the Rebel Two Pip seems more universally useful. Yeah, I think it's a lot better, but that's okay. But because oh, we're gonna man. get to the three pip. It's okay. It'll all be it'll all be whited out by this one because this card is just so good. <clears throat> all right, all right. So we've got coordinated fire, three pip. Cue the Imperial March. Three yeah. core units, Imperial only. After a friendly core unit spends a name token, another friendly unit at range one to two may may they can choose not to gain one name token. <laughs> Are you serious right now? <laughs> uh yeah so um the rebel one handed out six dodge tokens this one hands out like mm, in a perfect ideal scenario i think we math math so many aim 40. tokens we can't say it on the radio yeah, i think i think <laughs> i think the magic number was 40 assuming that um with the current resources available <laughs> What what did what did what what if someone's saying they're saying it was the magical Christmas scenario? I doubt it highly. I think that's actually quite achievable. Um, so I actually think that the magical Christmas scenario is literally magical Christmas. I will say, and I was talking to Kyle about this before, uh, that fifty percent of the magical Christmas scenario forty is very reasonable. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's between the minimum is seventeen, and the maximum is forty. So, like, assuming assuming all of your core tr- <laughs> core units are alive, right? So, well, yeah, right. You, you know, I mean, so the 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 minimum is probably closer to like ten, right? Theoretically, if if you have some dead core units when you play this, yeah, then yes, um, then you played it at the wrong time, right? This is a, <laughs> yeah, this is no, a, this is a turn two card, no, basically. Yeah, please, um, this is a turn two yeah, card, yeah, for sure. Uh, which is interesting, I think, because um, I think Han is very good against it. Um, ch- yeah, change of plans. This is this is the, the yeah. card that you now change of plans every time. Yeah um screw screw and now you will die this is the card you're using change of plans yeah yeah this is this is so much so much better than and now you will die um so the the way that this is way less broken in a list that doesn't include veers i will start with that if you are starting the token pile with no tokens uh this is a lot less good how? No, this is also this is theory crafting based on the language that is currently. That's also true on the card. So, like, if it, if this comes out on Thursday and that language that was in Krabic's video is not the same or we're understanding it wrong, then uh, that's the caveat to all of this. Yeah. But go ahead. I mean it. With, it looks it looks like this card's pretty legit, but but yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So if if you're playing this card in a non-veers list. It's it's probably as good as the rebel one. However, if you're playing it in a list with Veers, you are also playing. Uh, you are putting an extra comm specialist into one of your units, and you're taking comms relay, and you're going to give Veers a order with this card by comms relaying it through that unit, and you're going to activate General Veers first, and you're going to hand out two free aim tokens. Um, and those two free aim tokens are going to get replicated um, five or six times each. So just those two aim tokens alone, you don't even have to take an aim action, and you're essentially getting 11 aims. No, is it 11 or 13? Uh, it's 11. It's 11. Okay. So um, you're getting 11, 11 free aims just from activating general viewers first. That doesn't... I'm kind of just sitting back here, just like, just like the fact that you're saying a number that's like even close to eleven <laughs> just makes me sick. <laughs> and and that, that assumes that you're not aiming with any of your units. If you aim with the first unit, right? That that jumps up to what seventeen? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and, and if you aim with the first and second unit, you're up to twenty-two. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty-two. Seventeen plus five is twenty-two. Yeah. And I think this is just counting the the core jumps. I think I think we're I think it is thirteen, and I think it is. I, I'm, now, I'm, now one caveat, yeah. one caveat that I can see to all this. Um, it, Kyle, you know the rules, and Dash, you know the rules better than me. But I want to ask: Can you actually spend the name token to modify nothing? Yes. The answer to that question is yes. I looked it up. Is yep. yes? Okay. Yeah, because wow. it's it's, so, uh, it's it's spend a name token to roll up to two dice right and that so, number can so be if zero you're, if you're content yeah the number can be zero so if you're content with your rollout you can spend you know up to the you can spend the exact number of aims you need and then just pass the rest I, because you're spending to roll zero i would also like to point out that even if that was not the case 
you just re-roll the red dice. That's also true, because if you have Surge to hit, it's a 7 yeah. and 8. So. Like, like assu- assuming assuming oh. that that wasn't the case, it it wouldn't matter for the most part. Uh, I mean, this is this is R four aggro mech all over again. I mean, so we haven't played with this card. It seems busted. Um, th- there's definitely some counterplay to it. Like, if your opponent plays this card, you don't have Han. You need to be making sure that you're suppressing the obvious units in the chain that are going first. Um, like the, the guys that get handed aim tokens with veers, you should be suppressing, suppressing them if possible. You might even want to split fire, frankly. Um, but it's still 12 free aim tokens. If you get suppression down, so on I'm just envisioning, and they don't rally. I'm just envisioning a scenario where the Imperial player just like doesn't attack for the first turn and just spends the entire first turn, just setting up for this coordinated fire stuff and just blows you off the table. If you're not prepared for it. I mean, so after like the third core unit, you're looking at three to four aim, aim tokens on each DLT squad, you know, I mean, each aim token is roughly equal to a hit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be pretty tough, even in your like worst case, you know, quote unquote, only get seventeen aim token scenario to not end up with mostly max hits on all your core units plus, you know, probably two or three more units. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you normally have a dice pool of six on a normal DLT. I would argue that if you have the points to load into six man squads with coordinated fire, it's probably worth it. Um, with three or four aim tokens on a given squad, that extra die ends up being very valuable. And uh, I mean, it, it, just an E yeah, it's, it's <laughs> re-rolling until it's all. Yeah, it's, it's not, an, it's not going to be uncommon to, um, to push, three or four hits through heavy cover with a DLT squad with this card, I don't think. Um, which sounds bananas. Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, okay, well, assuming that this card is actually busted, which, again, we've got the we've got the people lobbying that say, oh, it's Magical Christmas, you're just, you know, you're just looking at the theoretical possibilities and that's not going to be the reality on the table. But- I would argue that you know that the, how do you fix that it? The, that the that the magical Christmas land is magical Christmas land, but I would argue that you only need fifty percent of magical Christmas land for this card to be anywhere close to busted. Right, so it it it's gonna be busted. I can't see it so not is, being busted. Is is this going in your LVO list? Maybe that's a stupid question. Okay. <laughs> I we talked about this before the cast, and I know without I, without seeing it on a table. I think. Oh, just say yes well, already. I want to. I want to put this in a, in, in the most crystal clear way I can. I think that if you are an, a rebel player, you should be playing Imperials and you should be playing this card. And I think if you're in a, I, th- I think if you're if you're playing in any tournament and you are not playing this card, you you did something horribly wrong. Is how I feel about right. it. I think I think it is that busted. The big test is going to be to see um, how many Adepticon invitees come out of LVO with Veer's coordinated I, fire. 
in their list. I would if it's six out of six, I'm gonna laugh. My I head would off be surprised and then cry if, if a card lists with this card in it did not sweep LVO. As in, like top six. Yeah. Or, or yeah. at least, or at least half the top twelve has this card in it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I would. I bet at least one Rebel player squeaks their way into the top six. Yeah, I mean... Um, because probably not everyone is going to be doing this, but I, I'm with you. Uh, this thing is definitely going to rise to the top. Yeah. I guess we'll... if, you're, if you're not playing this card and you're playing an Imperial... It, so if you're a Rebel player and you're dedicated to Rebel, like, good on you. Good luck. Um, but uh, if, if, you're, if you're an Imperial player... Uh, find a way to put this in your list. I, I, I think it is that good. Um, you, I, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're playing Palpatine, if you're set on playing Palpatine, find a way to put this in your list. Uh, like my drop because dang, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I mean, it's a strong card. It's a really strong card. Like, um, I guess you could prepare for it. You can try your, you can double aim with all your strength. Or sorry, double dodge with all your strength with the Leia covering fire and then taking dodge tokens. But even then, like, you know, they could just re-roll into crits I, against you. <laughs> like it's, it's definitely. I don't even feasible. think you need to do that. I think if you if you've got a minimum no. a, a four man a five or rather five man DLT squad, and they've got four aim tokens and you're in heavy cover with dodge, they're pushing three hits through. Yep. Like. Yeah, I mean, essentially, the text of the card says all your dice this turn are hits for like the the last four or five core units. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, your your first one possibly two core units. Although three aim tokens on a storm DLT. Yeah, it's probably with, it's probably just know, the first first unit that it's a little bit dicey on. But so, how bad does this get when you add like cover denying tech as well, like blast? I mean, <laughs> I. I think that this card gets real busted if you're able... I mean, first of all, it's already busted. I think if you have six Storm DLTs, this card is beyond good. I think that if you're able to set up a situation where you're able to like get an impact flamer shot off with a unit that has six aim tokens, you just killed a squad. Um, I think... Yeah, whatever you're shooting at, you just go. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's unlikely that you're going to be able to set that up specifically because this card really wants to be on turn two. It's tough to get snow troopers that close and that effective and like line up the aim tokens at the right time and make sure they're not suppressed. It feels that feels magical Christmas landy to me. Um, but I think that like handing off six to eight aim tokens at the end of the chain to like an IRG unit isn't bad. And then gets to yeah. charge. And then if you have Palpatine pull the strings. Yeah, I mean honestly tap. that's like one of the better use better parts about this card is like let's say you're playing like Vader Veers with some IRG, right? your last core unit goes, they've got eight aim tokens. No unit in your army actually needs eight aim tokens. You hand like four to Vader and four to 
Royal Guard or two to Vader and three to Royal Guard and like one each to one of your sniper teams or something. And you're like, okay, well, (laughs) all of my non-core units are also now aimed up. Good luck. Uh, Yep. um, Seems great. (laughs) <laughs> Seems great. I don't. I mean, does this get does this get even crazier with Death Troopers? Because like now it's just overkill, right? Because the Death Troopers are rerolling um, four. I mean, it doesn't matter because you're just trying to you're just going to try to slot as many full Stormtroopers squads into. Let your me list let as me pull can. up the Death Trooper unit card again. So I mean, Va- Vader Veer six DLT <laughs> seems really yeah, good. Suddenly, yeah, I, I think it's going to um, be a reasonable list. Um, Imperial Death Troopers. Yeah, they've got precise two. They're rolling black dice. Um, with surge, surge to hit or double, or double white. white. It seems it seems excellent at range two, with double white dice surge to hit. Yep, because you got plenty of dice to reroll and plenty of ability to reroll them, so you can get that yeah, ceiling I mean, going. Um, what's that? Uh, you've got four white dice that are three of eight, so it's every aim token is a twelve. It should be a hit and a half on average. Yeah. You give them four aim tokens. That's six hits on average over what they ro- rolled on their original roll. On the rollout, yeah, which is probably going to be, what, five? Uh, that's pretty strong. And they have Blast with the grenade launcher. Yeah, that's that's the, <laughs> so... the, the, side of, the side of that reconfigure that we can, from the previews, a red die with Blast, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, things look things look pretty scary suddenly. <laughs> well, who who you knows know? what who knows what their other heavy upgrades do? Like yeah. that's just yeah, who <laughs> knows? Very you know? But we already know you can take four of them with the uh, with the side we know about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I mean we don't need to talk about this forever, but um, it's good. Play it until um, it gets banned because yeah. I yeah, or, play it or, until or it gets changed. banned, please. You know, um, I, this card the, definitely the should say when another friendly unit makes an attack. Yeah, I mean that's what covering fire says. I don't know why. You know, yeah, like I don't know why this suspends an aim token. Yeah. Um, that's ridiculous. I, you know, it, it would be even be. I mean, I know you guys play rebels, but I think it would be even okay if it had that text and said gain two aim tokens. It, but. I think where it's, it would be, it would, it would be, be right, it would still be very, very good. I don't think it would be busted like it is now. And I do think two is yeah. where we get into maybe it might be too good. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but once we're talking about everybody gets three plus, uh, yeah. I think it's, I mean, it, it, I think it's still a great sorry, card. I think it's still a great card if you match the language to covering fire and you're only getting six. Oh, no doubt. Tokens. No doubt. Six free actions, I'll take it all day. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if I'm double aiming down the line, like, that's pretty sick. Like, just without even contemplating the whole 17 free aim tokens stuff that we're, we were and flirting with earlier. Now that I'm thinking about it, you can actually... <laughs> we didn't talk about this before, but you technically can... Um, you can make it even more... You can stack it even more because you can comms relay twice and take an imperial officer and spotter one to the first unit in addition to the spotter two. Oh no! 
I mean, oh, I, I, no. I, you know, that seems entirely it does. Unnecessary, it does. But, it seems oh. very unnecessary. But if yeah. you really want to go to Magical Christmas Land, that's where you go. Um, and I, I also would caution against that just because uh, there's also a, there's already kind of a large cost to not activating the core units that are starting the turn first. It's granted, I think it's worth it here. Um, but you know, if if they start suppressing your units early on in this chain, it it it's not going to work the way you want it to. But your opponent has to know that they need to do that. Right, and even if they do that, you know, you're still still two on the first and three on everyone yeah. after that. Um, so, uh, if it's countered yeah, perfectly, get, get your opponents with this while you can. I. Get your wins. Get your yeah. wins here. All right. Do you guys want to talk about the uh, the medical and the astromech and the officer? What's the point? <laughs> 17 <laughs> <eight> token. <laughs> you, just Someone like, had to say it. The world's over. Might as well be me. Rebels suck. So, you know, you've been on the rebel suck hype train no, for no, like no. the last month and a half. No, no. no. Let me, let me, let me, let me right, say right. something really quick um, about that. Okay. Um, my primary complaint about Rebels is that I think if one faction is able to dice fix and that's their thing and another faction cannot dice fix, they're just praying to roll high with large pools of low quality dice. That's a, a definite imbalance. This instance of coordinated fire versus covering fire just puts that imbalance into stark relief. And that's why I'm being so salty because it's just like, you know, we, we've 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 gone into absurd well, land now. Let me be clear of my difference. criticism. I think that up until today, your criticism was invalid. As of today, I yield the floor. <laughs> yeah, um, appreciate I, that. I think it is objectively incorrect to play rebels with this card in, in play. I think that. Well, play play them anyway because you know, in theory, there are two factions, <laughs> and because they're the good, guys, they are the good on. guys. But I mean, now they have the proportional chances that they're supposed to to win. You know, we've got Death Stars. You guys have toy guns. You forgot to say they were the good guys from a certain point of view, but they're not. <laughs> From my point of view, that from my point you of view, the Jedi are evil. That's all there is to it. <laughs> there's, there's. I believe the term yeah. is freedom fighters. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of freedom. All right, uh, should we talk about these? Yeah, uh, let's do it. Yeah, freedom Absolutely. to serve Palpatine. Uh, go ahead. Hey. <laughs> okay, upgrade cards. Let's hit it. All right, medical droid. Yeah. Uh, so 18 points for rebels 19 points for empire i find that very interesting yeah i think um what's that yeah point difference i mean so i think it really depends on what you're healing for starters um but pound for pound generally imperial wounds are worth a lot more than rebel wounds right I mean, I, I can think of 
a lot more imperial targets where this would be useful than rebel ones. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, 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 let's not even. We can get into like the healing Vader, Palpatine, X Y Z stuff in a bit, but like, let's just talk about healing a trooper unit with this. I think it's far more valuable to heal a stormtrooper than a rebel trooper, and I think it's probably worth more than one point. I don't know. Thoughts? I don't like healing this mechanic in general, just because it's it's expensive, it's limited, and you have to heal wounds that are more valuable. Because, I mean, you're only healing two wounds total over the course of the game, plus the model you bring back I think should probably be more expensive than half the cost of the droid just to make it worth it. And, um, you know, I think Wookiees are probably a, a good candidate. But again, you know, it's also like quality of save. So a lot of people are looking at medics on uh, Death Troopers in the future. Just because Death Troopers are I, know, three up I save. think if you're taking Death Troopers, there's no way you leave home without a medical droid when snipers are in the meta. Like, but snipers are one. a thing. That three up save is not going to keep you safe. You know, um, being able to put you put your guys back seems good. Yeah, adding back a premium trooper unit seems really good. And I think it's especially true for Death Troopers Pathfinders because, you know, we have we have all the options we know of for their weaponry, plus we also have the ones we don't know yet. And I think it's especially true for DTs just because they have that high save. And again, we also don't know how to really quantify uh, Danger Sense because Danger Sense has a lot of situational factors, like how many hits are actually coming in and versus how yeah. many suppression you actually have. Um, I, I like to think this would be good on Luke for Rebels, but I feel like he's always yep. too far ahead. You know, it's it's range totally one, agree. so um, I, you know, you've got a medical droid like lumbering across the field trying to chase down Luke to heal him. That doesn't seem like that's going to work very well. I mean, it's kind of neat in the sense that you, if you take a wound early, you can get rid of it. I mean, it's like a, well, I played bad, so here's sure. my out. <laughs> you know, um, kind of one I of think those it's things. This upgrade on either side i think is clearly at its best when used on palpatine i think i think hands down yes um 100 just because his the strength I mean, of his nuke I is tied to his health probably pool. the only character whose wounds are worth 40 points piece yeah it's also yeah. wounds I mean, as he's resource, also right? uses wounds as resource like, um and he's not terribly fast, so they can certainly... Yeah, they can definitely keep up. Um, oh, easily. I think the question is, how many do you take? Two? I think, I think two is probably where you want to be. Is 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 at least where I'm going to start. I, I feel like anything more than two is a lot of points <laughs> for redundancy. You, you mean for Palpatine I think I think any right? more than two generally... Well, I mean, you take, I think you take two with Palpatine specifically, and then it's zero to one. In yeah. I mean, I definitely don't mind like this as a filler upgrade. Like, you, you, your list checks in at 765, 770. I think this is a reasonable upgrade if you've like filled out all your special weapons and stuff to fill that gap. Reviving a heavy weapon miniature that died early yeah, in the round seems no pretty good. I think good. that's probably, like, of the non-character healing scenarios, that's probably um, 
where you want to be the most. Specifically, the Flame Trooper and the Z6 Trooper are the ones that are top of my mind right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I actually, I've, I've been thinking the about Electro this, Staff, like, also. Should Snow Trooper squads just be taking medical droids? Yeah, they can heal themselves. Maybe. I mean, you might as well. Like, could you could you put? Two snows with medical droids side by side, and then they just like heal each other. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's super situational because you have to wait until the flame trooper is the last mini standing. I mean, of, I don't know. Really I, make that like, I used to be on the um, the only model in the snow trooper unit is the flamethrower. I'm way less on that now than I used to be. I think every model in that squad is incredibly important, and. Uh, I think the, the medical That's droid true. allows you to have some redundancy slash consistency in making sure that the the whole unit gets there. The the one thing to keep in mind with that though is the for the droids is the non combat yeah, keyword, totally. um, which which basically says that they have to be removed as a casualty last, excluding the unit leader. So you know you'll be potentially forced to remove the flamethrower before you remove this thing. Even if it's expended, it's charges. If you put it in the yeah. trooper squad, um, which I think I think that's fine. I mean, it's it's no different than just not taking the extra dude. Right. I think though, you know, your ceiling is you take the extra dude or an officer with the snows, and then you have like a storm squad nearby that's either naked or a DLT, and, and you throw the sure. droid on that one. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, yeah, that's like the, the most flexible place to put it. Would be in a, a storm squad tailing, just like dra- lagging behind with, yeah. the, with the droid in tow. Uh, you could even paint like little red crosses on their armor so if you wanted to. How do you guys feel about the rebel droid? Because I feel like the droid is great in imperialists, but I am, from my perspective, having a hard time seeing where it's useful in your guys' lists. Hmm. Commando sniper. It's about the only place I see it in the full squad. Yeah, for full full squad commandos, or depending on how Pathfinder shake out, I could see it being useful for them too. Like if you're doing that, you know, first turn box grab. But that's about it. Like you're not. It's not cost effective to be using this on rebel troopers. Um, Scatter gun revival is huge. Yeah, I guess fleets probably would be would be good. Um, but I think I'd personally rather just take Chewie and an, an officer. And then guardian those hits in the first place. Um, yeah. And then you know, like it could be good on Luke if you could keep up with him. I guess maybe on on Han, I could see this being potentially useful on Han because he's tough and um, you know he's not jumping across the board like Luke is. He's tough for a rebel because he has uncanny and right. you know DNC and all that right. stuff or whatever. I I could see it potentially being useful in a in a list with Han, but I think at least when I run Han, I run him with flame ATRTs and I'm taking Astromax instead of medical droids in that instance. I mean, you could, you could in theory between stems and the droid live to fight another day. If you manage your stems correctly. Yeah. You could take the wounds on, I think. you could pass the wounds to stems, you know, uh, heal a couple of wounds off your original character. And then the stems wounds transferring, you're still alive. Yeah, it's yep. a, it's a little awkward. It's I think it's it's hard, it's, to, it's hard to pull off. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's theoretically possible, but again, like how practical is it? Hard to say. Yeah. Um. Okay. 
Uh, shall we? Shall we move on to something else? The another one. Beep boop. Astromex. Astromex. Yeah. We. R five and R four Astromex respectively. No R twos yet. Um, how? So the Imperial one's nine points. What's the uh, Rebel one? Eight. Eight. Eight points. That's pretty. That's pretty competitive. I like eight point Astromex. That's good. Yeah, I feel. I yeah. feel like if you're running a vehicle heavy build, that's that's kind of a steal, actually. Yeah, totally. Especially because vehicle wounds um, are the most valuable kind of wounds, typically. Indeed. Except except so, for Palpatine, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think the most. So we've seen the rules reference entry for this, right? R- repair. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was, yeah, that was posted like a month ago. It's, yeah, yeah and, and it's capacity. actually it's actually right in the um, right in the the rules for it. I, I think that the the clause that says you can remove a vehicle damage token is the most important thing about. This yeah, part. that's huge. Ion's uh, not very good right now, so I, it says you can remove an ion token. I don't think that's ever come up, <laughs> um, but. Removing a vehicle damage token, like if somebody removes the heavy weapon on your ATST, uh, you can just get it back. And it's also cool that you can repair wounds, but I think overall, um, it I think it depends on your threshold too, and like what situation you're in. Like if you're using this in a list with ATRTs, obviously it's great to be able to repair a damage token, um. But there's some situations where I think I'd rather prevent that damage token in the first place because, like, you know, ATRTs only have two health after they hit their resilience value. So if you repair that damage token and then it just gets wasted. Sure, totally. Um, it is med- it is massively situational. Like if you're if you're in range already and you take the weapon destroyed token or whatever and it gets rid of your flamer, then like the ability to reverse that is is massive. But like you said, Ark, I think the majority of the time you're going to want to just repair beforehand. I mean, the other thing though is that, like, specifically, we're talking about ATRT flamers. Um, they essentially die when they are damaged. Yeah, yeah they're totally useless when they're damaged. Like, be- yeah, they're uniquely penalized by resilience checking and ions. Yeah, um, just because they they really need to be able to move and shoot. And yep. uh, so I I don't know I mean like they still have armor right like as, if your opponent doesn't have an impact like you know the other thing is it's not impossible I think to take two or three astromech droids in any given list with a bunch of uh, ATRTs or an ATST in it and just go to Healbot Town and be like okay repair a wound repair a wound strip a vehicle damage token slam you in the face with my ATRT again. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to try this in my uh, Han barbecue. Sorry about the barbecue list. Two or three ATRTs, just or sorry, two or three Astromex just following those ATRTs. Because I feel like, especially when you're facing, you know, the list that list is already good against Rebels. Um, and I think when you're facing Imperials, if you're facing like Veer's Boba, a lot of the impact they have is burst damage. You know, the the two command cards, um, maximum firepower power and backpack rocket. So yeah. like it's I feel like at the moment when you're playing that list against Empire, it's kind of like a there's a tipping point, right? Like either they have enough damage to eliminate your ATRTs or, or they don't and you run them over. So I feel like Astromex help sort of postpone that tipping point enough to push through it. 
such that they've either wasted their burst damage cards or you've killed enough DLTs that by the time you know you sort of push through that, you still have two or three ATRTs on the field and your opponent is no longer in a position where they can uh, accumulate enough damage together to actually finish him off. I, I love what you're saying, Ork, and I think it's a, a cogent analysis. It's just at the back of my mind, I'm just hearing a voice that says, until they re-roll with 40 aim tokens into the long <laughs> you just said. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Which is a thing they can <laughs> do. Right. Yeah, I mean... It's a, no, sorry to pull us out of like uh, the dream world where this is actually good, but... <laughs> I mean, as long as coordinated fire is on the horizon, I just it, feel so negative. As long as we're bringing that up, that interaction is insanely important against armor and guardian. Like, if you're shooting at Palpatine or you're shooting at an armored target, just using six aim tokens to you're no longer fishing for crits. You're going to get some. Um, yeah, you're you're catching crits. You're not fishing for crits. Yeah, it's just yep. it's just it's just a matter of how many you get at that point. Um, and then they have impact one on top to just you know icing on the cake. Right, right. Um, you you save the first. Well, you probably don't even save the first hit, frankly, because you've got red dice. So, you know, you you just yep. Yeah, yeah. You just keep rerolling those DLT uh, shots. Like, uh, why not reroll them? Eight, right. Reroll them anyway. Eight anyway, back to our reverie. <laughs> back to our reverie where ATRTs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are are actually quite buff. I mean, they are still buff. Like, Rebel versus Rebel, they're extremely buff. And hell, like you say, even versus Imperial, they can be extremely buff. Yeah. For all the reasons you mentioned. And, like, again, you'll, you'll get your damage off maybe before they even get this, you know, aim token chain going. It doesn't help them at all on defense. So, you know, maybe the, the best defense is to just go in there with a zero-pip flamer shot, flame all their core units down, and then it's like, oh, well... Guess what? <laughs> you don't have anything to shoot with. Good luck using your aim tokens. What turn do you guys normally make contact on with flamers? Two. Two to three, yeah. Which is when you're playing coordinated fire. So. Yep. But turn two is usually a reckless diversion turn, so I guess <laughs> Han, Han yeah. is getting you know, 40 aim tokens worth of DLT dice thrown at him. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, oh I'm, man. <laughs> I do think Han is uniquely good against that effect. Um, yes. Well, and especially it definitely makes Han stock go way up. I mean, usually I play change of plans first turn against maximum firepower. Like you could you don't need to anymore. Well, you don't need to, but if you're running him with Chewie, you do turn one change of plans, and then you do turn two change of plans, and then you push coordinated fire to turn three. So um, I actually think there's a in that unique matchup, there's a little bit of counterplay there. Um, sure, but it. Am I, if if you're playing rebels at at LVO, maybe bring Han. I guess is the the lesson there. Yeah, I mean, co coordinated fire is your change of plans card. Like you save change of plans for that. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your opponent's playing. If they're playing Palpatine, if they're playing Vader, like that's the card that you're playing change of plans on. So yeah, plus if they max firepower your your vehicle, you have an astromech to repair it. So like you're, you're like perfect. You've played right into my strategy. Yeah, yeah. How dare you damage my vehicles? I have things that heal them. Yeah, like like I said, I think the rebel spec pack actually helps uh, an ATRT build quite a bit. So I'm pretty excited to sort of put all those things together and see what it looks like. It's nice to have three builds or so. Assuming they all don't get shot off by coordinated fire. <laughs> I had to throw so, that in there right. again. So, um, how do you guys feel about the uh, 
the astromechs with the new imperial tank uh, you know how i feel i mean it seems no, it seems like please enlighten us it seems like the best thing to single best thing to repair with it because it's a red dice with armor like yeah yeah it's it's a very high quality wound on a very high quality body cheaper than ATST it looks like yeah yeah all the things hardcover i mean all the things. you just buy two or three astromechs and you have them like running around after these tanks because it's a similar concept right like with with the tipping point impact damage is often very bursty so if you can kind of push them past that impact burst then you're set yeah yep and three wounds is a pretty solid uh, chunk of the health of this thing when you have three astromechs behind it you mean six wounds right well, no, I meant three wounds that you're repairing. Oh, yeah. Well, six total wounds, but per round, you yeah. only get to repair one time. Totally. Um, but it is six additional wounds for your occupier at the end of the day. Yeah. Do we want to... So then they have to just shoot your core units, which is sad for them, because then they can't do anything about this thing that's just, like, blowing them up every turn. <laughs> do we want to hit officers real quick? Um, sure, sure. Before we run out of time. Yeah. Uh, Courage 2 is good. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way around it. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I especially think, in core units, I think officers will be the most universally used upgrade by both sides out of this pack. By far, and we by don't far. mean the unit card. Yeah, we don't mean the unit card. We mean the upgrade in the in the squads because officer snows and officer fleets are definitely a thing you're going to see. So, I'm I'm not trying to throw shade here, but do you guys think that? They missed the mark a little bit with, um, like this pack sort of supposed to be about the generic officer leader in it. And I feel like it's not even a thing. Thoughts? Mm, yeah, I I get why they used it, and I I think it's kind of neat, like the idea that you can flex even further into like a mass activation skew by bringing, say, like luke and an officer i think that's kind of cool um leia is just i think the premium is so much nicer than what you excuse me what you get with just the officer same with veers like 50 points right you're totally cool with paying the 30 point premium for max firepower a second aim token from spotter and all the good stuff that veers has for you the gun is even way better too and leia's gun oh my gosh don't even get me started yeah Leia's gun is really good. So, and, and the officer for fifty points just—I don't think it just—it just doesn't bring enough to the table to be used as a as a generic commander, unless you're playing scenarios. Scenarios are where things start to shift a little bit. The priorities are different. So, I mean, I think we're going to see that in scenarios where you have a low point limit, and so you're like, oh, well, if I take a fifty point commander, I can bring you know even more units, and that's actually where it starts to make a massive difference. But at the eight hundred point level, I think you're just going to be fine paying the premium. Talking about like operations and stuff. Yeah, yeah, operations and scenario play rather than 800 point, you know, competitive. Yeah, I think what really hurts them is they they don't have their own command cards. Like the the abilities are inferior to Leia and Veers, who are their sort of like premium counterparts, and they, um, you know, don't have access to any unique command cards that Leia and Veers can't also take in addition to their excellent hand of existing command cards. So. We're not living in this world, but let's picture a world where um, coordinated fire was Imperial officer only. Is it still good? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you still just take it and you take Veers and the and the officer, yeah. and then you get, you know, what, what did we yeah. say? Like thirty-eight free aim tokens instead of yeah, instead of just in, seventeen, instead of just thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so no doubt, but that's a much more specific list than any list with Veers in it. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, it definitely hurts hurts the like universal usefulness of it. But I think you're probably at the moment still playing that list, right? But that makes it worse because that just makes the envelope even narrower, right? Sure. Like you're I mean, still you're still gonna play the the broad spectrum of lists with Veers in it because the the command card is generic and you don't have to sacrifice that second commander slot just to get the um just to get the card. Yeah. I mean I'm putting general veers in every list I have until this card is nerfed, but um Yeah. Okay. Just a thought interesting thought exercise I thought I'd You know it's funny because when you said you said do you think they missed the mark, I was so tempted to just say uh, well, I guess they needed some aim tokens <laughs> yeah, to avoid missing the mark. They must not have played coordinated fire. Yeah. yeah, wrong turn. You played it too yeah. late. Oh man! So that so wait wait. So now do you bring Han Shui just to change the plans? Coordinated fire two times. I mean, so here's the thing, though, right? Um, it's like a big book of how to overreact to this card <laughs> is basically the name of this episode. So, sure. I mean, I don't think we're overreacting. First of all. Um, no, I don't think I don't think so. Uh, second of all, you've, <laughs> I mean, change of plans is really good. Getting it back and spending it again also really good, but it's not like imperialists don't function without coordinated fire. Of course, of course, and that's the rub, right? Like it, it's still gonna kick your ass even without this card. Like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like if Han Chewie is not a great combination against current imperialists, then just nullifying the new thing that they have is not going to change that calculus. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I'm feeling. Like, like yeah, sure. Um, you're you're nullifying my coordinated fire. I'm still destroying an ATRT on turn one, probably. Yep. I mean, maybe maybe you're tossing an Astromex. I mean, you're definitely talking tossing an Astromex, but I don't know. I can, you, an Imperialist can probably push through an extra three health worth of stuff on turn one. Yep, probably. All right. So the- All right. I think that covers the that covers the specialist, man. We spent a long time talking about this stuff. It's good though. Yeah, it was all great. I mean, all great coverage. I, I like the. First of all, I know we gave you Fancy Flight a lot of crap about this card today, but thank you for, I guess, sending a package of this for some guy to open on the internet. <laughs> the, the, the day of our yeah, podcast. thanks. <laughs> that helped us out tremendously. Um, I feel like oh, we've, been, we've been fortunate with spoilers the last few weeks as far as when they've been Definitely. When they come out. So thank you for that. Um, Yay Mondays. Yay Mondays, right? Yay Mondays. We don't have a case of the Mondays. No. Um, no, but uh, I just, I, I'm just going to say this now. Like, if you look at the coordinated fire card art, like, every Rebel player, I think, feels like the Rebel soldier in that picture right now. And Outriders stole my idea, but 
um basically that that imperial trooper is salt bay with aim tokens look man if you count the laser bolts in the picture it's about yeah. how many aim tokens each squad will that's have about 40 <laughs> <laughs> that's about no, how many how many tokens each squad is going to use right yep so you know food for thought food for thought all i know is the empire never played coordinated fire in the movies or those stormtroopers would not have been missing oh that's true that's so true we're, we're gonna learn a new definition of pain and suffering is what we're gonna learn luke leia han and chewie would never have made it off the death star if uh if they had oh, been coordinating no fire. way no way they would have i think luke and leia would have been killed on that uh that landing or that uh walkway that didn't extend know what i mean well i mean clearly there was only one core troop troop unit there they there, there wasn't any aim tokens to share exactly. there you go you know um yeah all right uh so i would like to point out that while we've covered most of this we have not talked about the comm specialist i mean i think we talked about the one comms upgrade you're actually taking on them but yeah we that's interesting. I I think there can be uh, a case for like HQ uplinks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the idea of uplinked fleets, but you kind of get the same effect if you just take a bunch of core units. With sorry about the mess. Well, like for instance, uh, if you're playing my allies, the force, and you've got some uplink rebel trooper squads, all of a sudden they've got dodge tokens the rest of the turn. Oh, my ally is the force, and then like it's almost as good as uh, covering fire. <laughs> you only have to pay fifty points for it. Although you get to put the dodge tokens on in the command phase, and you get to give two orders to things you want to give them to. So I think it's still amazing. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. dope. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's like good, that. but and it's it's way more yeah. than fifty points. It's worth a try. It's, it's like what fifteen points, fifteen points per squad. Between yes. between the no. between the extra dude and and no, it's way more than that. It's yeah, like it's, uh, 20, no, it's, it's twenty points. Squad. Nineteen. Nineteen for, 19 for us. Yeah, because yeah. we're rebels. So yeah, you're looking at like twenty points a squad to do that. Which I don't know. All right, so we gotta we're we're out of time. We gotta wrap this episode. <laughs> so uh, more to come shortly because this is uh we're on the edge of a new vista here. Yeah, we're gonna be future, we're gonna be ramping up for LVO here shortly. Yeah, that's true. LVO. Oh, we're gonna have to do an LVO episode the week of. Oh well, I think just like a pre a pre LVO episode. I don't remember what what Jay said about that. Oh, there'll be a thing. There'll be something. Yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a thing to be to be revealed. All right, but we're gonna we're gonna have to do a, an episode specifically about LVO the week before we all leave, which would be kind of cool. That's just one idea to float oh, out. Oh yeah, here. no, we're definitely doing that. All right, sweet. So uh, with that, we're going to sign off. Um, my name is David. I'm Mike. I'm Kyle. We'll uh, catch you next time on Ontario Scoundrels. See you, everybody. Don't get coordinated, fired out. Join us next time for another edition of the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. <laughs>